The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today's guest is Chris Welsh, or maybe I should call him Chuck. Maybe I should call him Chuck Welch. But it's Is It the Welsh on Twitter of In This League, uh, one of my very good friends inside this industry. And uh, I'm just so happy that you're taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks for being here, Chris. Of course. Use my legal name, The. The Welsh. That's the, <laughs> the Christian legal name there, uh, Nick Pollock. The. No, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you uh, had me on. Absolutely. I. For those that don't know, the reason I know uh, the Welsh is what mm-hmm. I call the greatest mistake I've made in this industry. Uh, back in like two, what was it? 2018, I think it was. Yeah, it's uh, 2017, 18. One of those, something like that. I, I did the uh, the 12 teamer uh, industry mock draft, <laughs> like the experts mock, and I made this. You know, if you know, like the Fifth Element. Uh, there's this really funny scene with Chris Tucker's character, and he's shoving like a microphone in Bruce Willis's face and everything. Hot, hot, hot. Of all these things, yeah, hot, hot, yeah. hot. That one hot, exactly. Hot, hot. Yeah, this is, your, this is your hype video, and I like that you do. Oh, yeah. that's like that's my brand is hype video stuff, and you you They're made great. this inno- innocent hype video, mm, so innocent. And as I'm doing this, by the way, keep in mind this is like in November, and when I'm doing interviews for Pitchos at the same time, so I'm editing this video in between interviews for people, and I'm like trying to quickly get it out. So I just put in Steve Gardner's name, and. Mm-hmm. I go to the next one, which is Scott Bogman, and I put in Steve Bogman. And keep in mind, I never met you or, or Scott before. Yeah, I wasn't involved in this at all. We, we weren't familiar with each other. I had never met you. And this had oh, nothing man. to do with me. And then no. somehow you and Bogman got connected. And lo and behold, the birth of Steve Bogman, because not only did you do that, you finished the product, you put it out on Twitter and you're like, everybody, let's get ready. Hype video. I had and no idea. Bogman, Bogman shows me this and I go, that says Steve Bogman. And we are, our mutual friend is Spore and right. we're very good friends with Spore. And we were like, what is this about? And then, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 blah. You feel horrible about it. We give you some crap. Mortified. I mean, like, I think we had you on our oh, yeah. show, like, right after to talk about the famous was, Steve issue. And this is why it's the greatest mistake I ever made, right? I mean, I got myself yeah. on in this league. Oh, my God. Oh, but, my uh, God. <laughs> oh, no, seriously. Like, this was, yeah, 2018 or so. 
I mean, you guys are a major name in the industry. You were certainly at the time, you know, like like going on in this league was like, oh man, okay, all right. Uh, I remember Spory actually when I was creating the thing was like, oh yeah, by the way, like you should you should definitely you know he he's the guys he's the ones that pushed you guys to me, uh, and I'm super happy that he did. But yeah, that was uh, <laughs> it's great. That was I was seriously I have anxiety and like that was killing me. Like how could I do this? How could I like. I'm trying to make friends in the industry, and here I go calling him Steve Bogman. Oh my god! I would have but done then, the same to me. I, I get the same way. Like, I'm very like oriented to technical things, and there there are things that are important to me. And th- those type of mistakes, you're just like, ugh, you got it's, to. It's be the worst. Hitting, you know, you know. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's how that's how I know this wonderful man in front of me, Chris Welsh. And you know, it. it I, I really want to talk about many things of course today but i i think people really should understand i mean you listen to in this league and i think something that really struck me right away was like it's a proper production i mean you i see right now you have your ev re20 mic mm. which uh which i love myself it's like that's a standard in the industry across radio and everything it, it's a very radio standard one and that's my background and i and you've got your sm7 right. sm7b which is uh one of the best i i probably to be fair if i had a choice right now mm-hmm. and because these like if i were to sell this microphone i could make a couple bucks and get the sm7 i would do it so like i love that you are a little bit of a gearhead as well and oh, we can, we always talk microphones so we, we are both rocking gearhead. industry microphones here well i mean it's like i'm i'm a detail oriented person and whenever i'm like making a decision about hey i'm getting a microphone for a podcast or something i'm not just going to say like oh one recommendation be done we have so much information out there and i will spend way too long First of all, like finding the information on each one, listening to some YouTube review about it, and then trying to hear the the audio test, and then be like, oh, it goes for like three fifty. Well, I gotta get it for three forty then. Even though like I'm spending more than ten dollars an hour trying to fit you know, get that sale, right? The whole thing. Um, but uh but you know, the RE twenty, I mean I mean, you were talking about this. You're saying that like you kind of are falling more for the SM7B voice profile. That's my favorite. That's my favorite mic. See, it's funny that you say that because like everybody knows mics now a lot more like Mm -hmm. the Yeti or the Snowball. Like that's like every schmo knows that microphone because it's like a podcast standard. But then like anything else, if you're like me, I have like a addictive personality of like I just go down the rabbit hole of stuff. As you can see, I've got collectibles behind me and all this. I just do that. And everybody's starting to do that. But th- my background was has been in radio and music and whatnot. And I mean, we're talking back in 2005, like I went to a recording school and I had to do like projects on microphones. So we were like literally like we're doing the sound wave test. I have a binder still of like all the microphones, condenser versus dynamic. Oh, and great. I spent I mean, I probably spent hours and hours, days of my life in that time, just researching boards and microphones and how to record and how to edit. And it's just, it, it, it consumed my life to the point that I got the information and now I can let all the other things consume me. Yeah, sure. Uh, so let's, let's talk a, bit, a little bit about that. I mean, recording school, right? So that, that's yeah. to be a recording engineer, not necessarily just like radio production, right? Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was, 
it was a recording school in LA because I, I I went to the school. Sorry, the I, I actually worked in LA right after. It was strictly a engineering school that had lots of branches, so you could do like mm-hmm. live sound. I did video editing. You want to know what is so hilarious here? I had a project where um you you know ADR what ADR is where not. you it's like a, a dialogue replacement. So, oh, you know, you, right. Yeah. They okay. film a scene. Yes. yes. And you do the sound effects and you do dialogue. So there's Foley and ADR. I had a project. This isn't that funny, but to you and I, this would be funny. I had a video project at this school because they, they wanted to branch you out in lots of stuff. And it sure. was for the fifth element. It was a scene in the <laughs> fifth element where I went back and I had to put the sound effects in and we had to do the voices. And it, it just hit me as we were saying that it was a fifth That's element. Uh, but yeah, it was essentially music and all the inner workings behind working on half a million dollar recording boards um you know recording different music artists learning live sound doing all of the stuff you would do in some capacity of of uh, the recording industry so uh do you still have this video that you made no no i don't i i definitely had a bunch of unique projects so that project was it was just a class it was just like all right you go in you do the video we're at a station we're adding all the stuff but you know i recorded some songs which i don't have thank god uh, that i wrote and uh, my my proudest you wrote that you wrote so i mean i'll not like into that musical not the music score like yeah not the music score or anything like that like i wrote the lyrics too and i kind of had like a idea of where i want the music well people would know if they listened to me because i'm always like singing tunes to stuff and i do uh i do musical you know parodies and stuff like that gotta hear this i mean i mean you don't i have okay i do do have one song (laughs) post recording school that i recorded and there's no amount of money that you could give me to give it to to anybody it's it's something else but but the weirdest one which probably ties into like the stuff i do now was I was I did an audio drama while I was there. And this was one of those like late night, I take all the sound effects and I wrote a script. And so, the, I mean, this is what you can do if you delve down. This is not super interesting for everybody, but you you delve down into like learning recording. Mm-hmm. You, you branch off into like, here's video and here's doing live concerts and here's recording bands. And, oh, you can also do like, what essentially an audiobook would be and that's what i right, did right. i did like this 15 minute scripted sound effects and all this nonsense that's really and cool it opened up my creativity yeah to and that, that i've taken over to doing the stuff within this league or really any project that i do right so when you say audio drama are you talking about like you know a a radio episode of a show or something like that yeah so so think of it like you know any other show so i'm, I'm trying to remember what my idea was it was like a um like a sci-fi Oh God! It was it was like a sci-fi like you've got to get to the 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 box and the killer and I use like street names that are local here and I had like robotic. I remember my roommate's uh, girlfriend did this voice of like the um you know hello Clarence you must get to bl-, whatever it was whatever oh, it was great, so, but yeah yeah I'm thinking like those old film noirs where it's like clap 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 as you know you hear like the footsteps and everything like that. I had like a club scene. Uh, the one I remember it was like in a club. So like I had I played music and then I muted the music on the audio so it sounded like you were walking through a club a very like john wick ash or something That's and cool. it was to yeah. like it was to the bathroom so i was experimenting with like reflections of sounds and stuff like that and it was total nonsense and i remember playing it for like it was like five friends of us in this one girl's apartment it was late we played it 
And I'm sitting there going, why am I playing this? And then, you know, to be nice, they all clap at the end because yeah, it was like right, 15 right. minutes and stuff. And it's, I, I'm a very rabbit hole type of person. If sure, I, yeah. Once I get into something, I just go full on whether I should be or not. And that's uh, that was the recording stuff. And then I went off to L.A. and I actually worked in a recording studio. For right. A bit. Well, I mean, this look, anyone that has listened to In This League, I think wouldn't be surprised to hear that you have a background in all this stuff. You know, you don't just become an incredibly well-produced podcast without a lot of skills and, yeah, that attention to detail that you have to learn uh, to get there. I mean, hearing uh, your your propensity for music, for the arts in general, uh, I, I mean, I can certainly relate to this. I won a Scholastic Gold Key which I do not care about. I'm just joking. Here, what is the, from high What school. is a scholastic gold I key? Won, <laughs> I don't know. My, 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 my film teacher in high school submitted the film I did to something that I wasn't even aware of. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I had a video. I'm not going to say the name. I think it's somewhere <laughs> in the depths of YouTube. But say it's like the this, name. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, but it's like a silent film, like a Charlie Chaplin kind of thing. That's like two and a half minutes long or so. Like I did, I took film for you know three to uh, sorry for four years, like freshman to senior year or so, um, and I, I enjoy that kind of stuff as well. I mean, was it, is it a physical key bands and stuff? Was it what? Was it a physical no, key? No, 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 no. I, oh, not... I was hoping you had it. You want me to have the song. I want <laughs> yes. you to have your physical key. I actually have the gold key, and there are bite marks Great. in it because I thought it might be made of chocolate. I it's like Willy really Wonka. No. But okay, so you had bands. Yeah. What were your band names? Not gonna give you that either. Oh, but uh, give me one. You have to give no, one. Just maybe one I of can them. give you that, but I'm not gonna do it over the podcast. Come on, uh, write it in the private chat. I won't say <laughs> it. I just, I just need to know one of them. I bet they're great. I had. I'll write in my notes. Okay. To tell you I after. Had, I had one band, which I, I see. Here's my problem, and this is why I always I waffle with things. I'm not crazy musically talented or anything like that. Like I don't have a great voice. Not with that attitude. Um, well, but no, I mean, like, I, I know I can be very, like, drawl about stuff where I'm like, oh, we're not this, we're not that. But no, like, uh, voice, totally mediocre, not that great. I never committed myself enough. Uh, I've played guitar, never committed myself. I have a an eight-year-old son who's been playing piano for four years. He's a prodigy. He's insane. Mm. And I'm jealous. I, and I, I love seeing it because he's so right. good. But I was never given forced or given the structure to really hone in so i never mastered any of that stuff but the idea of going in and you know like that you got to think again like 2004 2005 you could really just start to like automate you know with like like pro tools was out there and they had yep. stuff like you know uh it was called fruity loops and you know you could kind of generate loops and obviously messing around with garage band and everything like that. You could kind of generate some of your own music. And and that was more of my speed for some reason. And there wasn't, you know, I I was thinking about this. There wasn't like, I don't even think YouTube was around when I did these projects to upload Mm. them to. So luckily they all just disappear, but I was just never musically inclined enough. So being behind in the back scenes of like, I had one little band here. I did some personal little stuff here. None of it was that good, but that's why like going to a music school, not, you know, like actually playing music like you would have probably done, but doing the back end recording stuff. That was more of my speed and I, I clicked with it better. Yeah, I um I don't know if you know this. My dad was a recording engineer for like 25, no. 30 years in the industry. Um, and uh, he had to like make a shift around the you know 2000 because it became so easy for everybody that just like that being an engineer just it got really, really hard to do all of a sudden. Uh, but 
hi, I got an internship at his recording studio at Avatar Studios, formerly known as Power Station in New York, for a month because I had to have mm. an internship my senior year of high school. This was the worst thing ever <laughs> because I didn't I didn't know anything. Like normally they have these people that are trying to get those internships that are really like, oh man, I'm I need to, you know, understand the console and do all that kind of stuff. And they had me, I'm not even joking, vacuuming because they had <laughs> let go their their former um custodian or whatever and they needed someone to help. And like that's what I did at a recording studio for No, no, I know. <laughs> that that so I told you when I went to LA I got a paid internship. So that was okay, like, this yeah. school requires an internship. And I was a pretty good student. Like I was well, relatively well-liked and, um, you know, I was younger too and blah, blah, blah. And I had met and talked with the head of the, I don't know if I want to say any of the names, but um, I had met and talked, well, I'll tell one of them. I'd met and talked with the, the owner of a studio called Conway, Conway, which is a big one in LA and he liked me and I got some references and I got pushed into this other studio. It wasn't Conway. It was this other one where it was a paid internship. And mind you, I I went on my birthday. I remember this because the other engineer, his birthday was the same day. And it was like, I started my birthday and I was 20 years old and I'm in a studio and you know, we don't have to go into it because you want to talk about this forever. But in the time that I was there, uh, we had velvet revolver come over from, I think Conway come over and they were doing the um, what was it? The they were doing the Pink Floyd remake for the Italian job, whatever okay. uh, the money they were redoing sure, money yeah. and it didn't work over there. So they came over here. We had uh, Velvet Revolver. You know, this is Slash and um, Scott Weiland. We had yep. Ziggy Marley come in. He was doing some behind the scenes documentaries, you know, smoke. We had uh, Dave Navarro come in. We had all these guys, all these huge artists coming in to this multi-million dollar small studio. And I was like, I picked up Slash's food from In-N-Out Burger. Like, yep, that was my job. Like, I cleaned a fish tank. I put candy out in the, <laughs> the kitchen. I did set up right. a couple mics, but my biggest moment was Slash coming up in the kitchen. He talked with me for five minutes. I didn't know who he was because he, his hair was down. He was wearing sweats and mm-hmm. all the guys were freaking out. And then we had this really cool conversation. And then he's like, hey, man, he's like, Are you going to pick up lunch? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. And then he ordered the I think it was two double doubles without the buns. And I was like, okay, cool. And like, that was that, that's your glorious job at a recording <laughs> studio. At least it was yep. for slash, but you know, you clean and you pick up food. I remember taking, um, I think it was one of the songs off of black holes and revelations from muse to another studio. And I was like, in my hand, I have yeah. like these files for that was, that was the coolest thing I did in the entire thing. But, uh, but yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't realize that you you had that experience inside of recording studio and everything. I think that's, I don't know, it, it doesn't surprise me in the end. Uh, but I think it's a very, very, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting part of the journey that you've been on with this. Um, and so so nowadays, I mean, wh- yeah, what is your normal like nine to five in, in the industry and everything? Are you are you focusing exclusively on, you know, as much as you can on in this league? Uh, what other things are you working on as well? And what is that like for you? I mean, it's still tough because I, I have a full-time job I do outside. I work in radio. I work in... So, like, that was the weird transition. One of the only things I didn't do in recording school was anything for radio. And that mm-hmm. ended up being where I got a spot. So, I've been <laughs> in, how like... how it works, right? It just, just how it works. Just my experience of, you know, being with audio and in front of boards and stuff kind of put me there. And then that's what stuck. 
And I had been, I've been doing that since 2007 or 2006. Oh, wow. So was that just like one of those things where someone said they had a position and you just applied for it and got it? My, no, my, my wife had a friend who worked at uh, one of the like <clears throat> mix stations out here, you know, the alternative like popular music stations. Sure. And they were looking for what they just call like uh, remote techs and remote techs are the dudes that, you know, or, or women that go out to like, it's called like a van stop and you sit out and you give people tchotchkes or you play music or you, you know, whatever. It's just, right, it's, right, it's, right. A, it's a horrible job, but yeah. it's how you get in. And I was like, Oh cool. I'll go. And I did that. And then I ended up like being for the, the music station and then immediately got transferred over to the sports station they had here. And this was mm. one of the big sports stations here in Phoenix. And, um, and then, you know, just over time I moved up and I was uh, I became a fill in producer for the sports station, did some Super Bowls, stuff like that. I did uh, this was with Clear Channel at the time. And I and what got me my big taste of like more because I was never like a crazy on air person was they needed pod. This was like before podcasts were podcasts, because mind you, this is 2000, I think in seven, 2007 yeah, or 2008. Yeah, definitely. There's really no podcast. They had to. It's so weird. They had to block off on the radio when NFL games were on because they had a, a, a deal with the NFL to broadcast it on air, but they couldn't broadcast the stream online. So they needed content to put on if people were listening online so they didn't lose people. So right. they contracted a bunch of us um, that were doing boards and stuff to do shows. So we just started doing some shows. So like it, it, working for clear channel was good. Cause my first interview ever with Steve Lavin, if people know Steve Lavin, former, I think UCLA coach and Greg Doyle was a reporter and we're like doing all these like weird, cool interviews, Terry Richardson, former ASU wide receiver who went to uh, the Texans. And these are all just online. And it gave me that taste. And then I moved on to another radio station and I had that background of being on air and i remember people telling me they didn't think i would be good the, actually the guy i was doing a show with he the, i always get backhanded compliments my entire life it's things <laughs> that are insulting but they're meant to be positive he goes you know he's like i thought you would not be good at all on the radio i thought you'd be more of an update person he's like but you're actually pretty good and i was like Thanks, I guess. <laughs> and that gave me the taste of, you know, going off to another radio station and then developing. So your question to your question is, I have a full time job. I deal with that. And in this league, it's completely full time, you know, and, and we do multiple sports and it's a lot. And sometimes it's overnight. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's cross canceling. So I'm still dealing with both of those at all times. And when did in this league start? So it, technic it technically started before it started. So Bogman and I, some people who've been around with us know this story long enough. We, If we had stuck, we would be one of the OGs of podcasting. And I'm not sure that would say much for us, you know, with our popularity, with, with whatever it is. But like we had done a podcast in 2012 maybe maybe oh, 2011 wow. or something like yeah. that maybe 10 i don't know and it was called it was called the channel cast and he would come to my house it was two hours i it was very regimen like a like a radio show i had a whole studio set up in my house oh, and great. then we we stopped doing that after a while it was very just you know us being ridiculous and and then we we start we actually started in this league as a blog and this was probably 2012, maybe. 
Um, And we were going to maybe do a show. We had created this show called the Off Base Podcast. It was a baseball podcast specifically. And uh, it was just a a goofy, like nonsensical blog in this league was. And then we stopped doing everything. And we stopped for like two years to stop podcasting, stop everything. And we said, we'll give it one more go. And um, we did the Off Base Podcast. And then it evolved and it was this whole thing with a website and it didn't work and i said you know what this is it let's do in this league let's do it our way and if it works it works if it doesn't cool let's just do it and we jumped right in 2014 to start doing the in this league podcast we started with basketball so it it had had this like four year uh evolution behind it of like a couple Mm -hmm. iterations of podcasts the website we owned it we had you know we had we had done some blog posts stuff like that and then 2014 i think it was like right around october 2014 bam there you go and it was it from the beginning you said it was channel cast and off base and stuff was that just you two or were the other people involved no just us us i mean channel cast was wild i still have some of the old shows and bogman gets very nervous about it because you you know how we can get i mean you know how like you and i like you know me behind the scenes and stuff and and, like the secret shows we do so like we're Scott and I are are different so much. So I think in the industry for lots of different reasons, but one of them is like the built off of entertainment, you know, and that's my background. Like I like to have good quality audio because I've always been around it. I like entertainment probably because of my history in radio and Scott and I, you know, naturally relatively funny ish type of people sometimes that like, I wanted that to be a big thing of what we do. I want to be entertainment. So that was an entertainment podcast. Channel cast was, and um, you know, we were just like, we didn't know what we were doing. So it's like, we're like, what do we say on those? And we, we've gone back and we've played some clips on some of our Patreon secret shows from that podcast, but you hear your voice. I mean, imagine hearing your voice oh, like man. eight years ago. You know, you'd I, be like, Hey I everybody, still- I'm Nick Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> I still have like the original first 10 episodes of on the corner. And I mean, that was five years ago. That was July of 2016. I there's a reason why they're not on the feed anymore. If you're trying to go back and listen, it's only until like 2019. I mean, that's also because of us switching our providers and everything like that. And I was thinking about going back and adding all of them. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. That's all right. I'm just going to hold that for the uh, for the vault. Yeah, I think you maybe time. make a best of like take all of them, make <laughs> one best of of some of them and then you oh can release God. it someday. I mean, yeah. Do maybe. it on Pitcher we'll, Plus we'll as like a as a perk on Pitcher Plus. Maybe you'll stream it for like uh you'll, st- you'll stream it for like one hour, one time a year. No one can download it on Pitcher oh Plus. That's the only way they well, can get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you guys got to sign up pitcherpluscom slash plus. Come come on by to our Discord. Now I we've um I, I we've also toyed around with that kind of idea of like limited supply. I I have this dream of having what I call the Plaidcast. I don't know if you know what plaid is for us. Uh, I don't. But it, I was about so, to say I know it's a it's a design. Well, very very astute of you. I uh, now inside of our Discord, essentially, you guys know me. I'm family friendly, right? Everything we put out, we want to make sure that everybody who wants to, you know, wants to enjoy our content can, right? And won't yeah. feel like there's. What, what did you tell between. me right before we started? What Do did not you tell swear, me? please. I was like, I, okay, I had to okay. edit last week with Mason. Like, come on. No, no, of course. And I know that you are also like, no, no, I, I, I can handle this. You'll always ask beforehand. Um, yeah. Not not pointing fingers at anyone else. No, I, but we have Plaid, and that's essentially after 9 p.m. We have a voice chat. It's Discord, which if you don't know Discord, it, they essentially have these voice channels that are just rooms. If you go in, 
everyone can hear your voice and you can hear everyone else's. It's a pretty cool thing. And I said, you know what? Fine. I know a lot of you guys want to swear and stuff. Like, okay. If you go into his voice channel after 9 p.m. Eastern time, you guys can go a little bit off the rails. Okay. Don't be offensive. Don't, you know, don't attack anyone. But, you know, you can have a little bit more profanity, all that kind of thing. Right. That's so it's like, it's like it's like pictureless late night. I don't I still after, understand it's what pictureless what, after it's dark. Oh, is that? Oh, picture, oh, okay. I was about to say I'm not understanding the plaid. I'm still not getting that. Right, okay, I got you. Right. So, so what I want to do, I want to actually have a podcast that goes live at 9 p.m. Eastern time and then is deleted by 7 a.m. in the next day. Like literally, oh, is wow. only around for 10 hours. It's like the Snapchat type. It's like a Snapchat right. podcast where it's only right. going to be living for this amount of time. I think of it like a speakeasy. Like you don't really know. It's like if you go on the feed, there is just a welcome. And that's it. And you're like, what is this podcast? Like, why does it have, you know, all these ratings and reviews and stuff? There isn't an episode. But then you have to be there at the right time. I don't know. Well, that's the problem is like we got to find like some regular system for it. But I think it's such a hilarious idea. Like it's it's too stupid to fail. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I'm very much in it. But see, you you share that with me. Like one thing I've always had a I, I, I like to think or hope like really early on. Because Bogman and I just like injected ourselves into things. That's what we mm-hmm. just did. Like we we we're not super. We're not smart like guys like Spore or Alex Fast or you know what whatever it is. Like we we didn't come to the table with some really cool algorithm or stat or you know Alex Chamberlain doing all this stuff. We didn't come to it with that. We just injected ourselves from a. We enjoy talking about it. I think we have good minds for it. We we've played oh, yeah. forever. Uh, we've got the way to do it and. My big thing in the injection of it was like, I hate, hated, I should say hated because things have changed. I hated how especially the sports podcast did not treat audio respectively. It was Mm -hmm. all garbage. The only ones that were really actually truly good were like, that's ESPN. You know, they were the most listenable one because they were doing it out of TV studios. And, you know, we injected ourselves in with good quality kind of changing up the you know like we do bits and we do funny stuff we do lots of clips but also we were thinking in creative angles and we were adding things you know we we were you know we did our patreon which is like five years in and what my point of this is is i still think to this day the industry itself has been missing creative angles to get people involved and do stuff differently i'm not just saying create a new sheet of new stats and new things to break down and new ways to talk about grips or launch angles. I'm talking about new ways for people to enjoy content. And there has not been enough of that. It's just starting to teeter in it. And we have always thrived in doing our live mock drafts and we interact right. with people yep. in this. You do the same. You've always done the same. And that's not necessarily a call out because there's plenty of people that just they, they're so respected and they're so good. People just want to hear their voice all the time. But I always, I like innovation and uh, yeah, statistical course. innovation is fun. But you have, you and Picture List and the, the site and everything have embraced doing new cool things. And, and I well, respect I mean, that. And I like yeah, that you, you do that. You set the table with this. It's like, yeah, you recognize that ultimately what we're doing is entertainment. This is, this is an yeah. entertainment thing. And if you're only focusing on, you know, I, I say, like, if you're only focusing on the information, I tell everybody in the interviews, we are not in the business of being right. We're in the business of good discussion. 
Um, and good discussion inherently is entertainment. If you're in the business of being right, you're going to fail. <laughs> you're just going to lose. Agree. I mean, that's just why would you go against those odds? Um, yeah, I, I my mind goes crazy about like what the future of Petrolist could be. Um, I mean, we're all part time, right? I mean, I do this uh, a, a lot more than that, but um, no one, you know, no one is paid uh, full time. I don't get paid anything. And I just imagine, man, if like we could just be creating things all the time, what would we do? Yeah. And that would just be fun things. It would be, you know, we would do random like wacky league drafts all the time and then have like people in place with props and like, okay, this is what you have to do now. Kind of. Just, just having just a fun time because that's ultimately Freedom. why we're here. We enjoy but, 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 fantasy baseball, you know. But so many people don't get into that, and and to be fair, there's also there's a there's a market that doesn't want that. You know, there are people that are going to listen to the show Scott and I do, and they're going to check right out, and they're going to be like, "Hey, idiots, get to the content." And it's just like, well, that's not what we're about. I like the creative angle. We we just had this goofy one on our as our last mock draft and be careful everybody because it's an uncensored mock draft but we called it the good place mock draft and this is the stuff we want to do we're actually about to record another goofy one but it was the good place so the idea was we're not going to edit out cusses but let's try to use like the good place if you've ever watched that show so you know fork forking shirt balls like that type Love of it. stuff but in the midst of the draft i had this idea where i said you know what because here was the other thing if you cursed we had to put $5 in a cuss jar during the episode. Then I had this idea. What if there was a league format where everybody starts at $0? The league has $0 in the pot. But as the draft goes, every curse adds. And I know you would hate this because of curse, but you would add the dollars in. That's the prize pool that you're playing for. So Scott and I decided during the mock that every curse is the prize pool. We're going to play this mock out and we're playing for whatever we Ended up putting into the change star. Is that like the greatest thing on the planet? No, it's great. but it's just trying to be creative and trying yeah. to get people involved because it's also we're incepting them a little bit. Like if we can get you in on an angle to have fun, you can walk away and then you're not going to remember everything, everything anyone does, whether it's sheets, podcasts, blah, 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 everything. You're only going to pick and choose a couple things. And then usually it's the thing that they go run with. Maybe you'll come back with the strategy that you liked. And that's the only thing you remember. Or a couple picks. You're like, man, that one pick was right there. And then you'll go back to being like, God, that was so ridiculous. Or that that was so fun. Right. I just I w- more people need to do innovative, fun stuff that aren't just algorithms. And and I and I think it's starting to move in that direction. There are a few more Patreons that are out there now. You know, you guys you have, you know, Pitcher Plus, Pitcherless Plus is kind of like a version of that. It, it you know, was Patreon and then we decided we wanted to have like ad-free website, all that kind of stuff. So we just made it straight on the site. And you don't need to just do that, but it's also just coming at different angles because like as, as much as we all want to think every person wants to just hear our voice and just wants to hear us talk and think and we think we're the most interesting people on the planet and stuff like that. We're not. So you've got to come at angles to bring people in. Like one thing that we have done I think a really good job at because we're not the most popular and we don't get the download. We, we're just not like I would tell you, it's actually frustrating for me. It's frustrating from a how long perspective we've been doing this, that we don't get 25,000 downloads an episode and we can't get major sponsors and stuff like that. It's frustrating. Right. But what we have done is we have built and that's why, you know, our Patreon is called the ITL Army. We've built a closeness and a, and a kind of a hardcore following to it 
that you would think we're way bigger than, the, than we are because, you know, we talk to people normally and we're accessible and we do goofy things. People feel like they're friends with us and, you know, they can connect in that way so much better that that it is built longer standing relationships or, you know, just like a sense of, um, I don't know, like we're theirs. Like, you know, it's like, hey, those guys over there, that's ours. Like we discovered them. And sometimes that's more fun than anything else. Absolutely. I mean, community is a huge, huge part yeah, of this. community. I, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it last time, but starting, you know, a Slack or Discord essentially as a the tier for uh, for a Patreon three years ago, I'd say is one of the best decisions I've made at Patreon yeah. just because all of a sudden now I get to hang out with all these people. I mean, there were it was a game changer for us even. Yeah, it was, it was a game changer for us because when we started it, we didn't really know what we were doing. And I think we, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even remember what the first set was, but group me wasn't, we were, we, we just group me instead of discord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it was a part of it to start. And then really quickly, and this is like five years ago, we added the group me in as a very specific tier. And then we realized very early on, cause we had it at a lower amount. Like we got to mm-hmm. push this up. Otherwise we might have, we might be out of control in some of these rooms, but it right. was one of the biggest probably biggest gets we could put together because it's it's tough and that's what's going to get tougher is people you know people's money trying to find like you know you have to be respectful of that and you got to make sure like you're providing quality because everybody's asking for everybody's money now and that was really important to me and i get anxiety about that like we have to make sure all the stuff we're doing is worthwhile and you know so if i think it's worthwhile if you come in and then you don't like it then get out like i don't want anybody spending money or doing anything if they're not cool with it but hopefully you come in and you're like holy crap, this is more than I thought. That makes me happy because I don't I don't want anybody to, involved with me with anything if they're not in a good place or they don't like it. Like, all right, go. You know, it's, it's all good. Make sure that you're comfortable. You're not going to be able to sell a product if you personally wouldn't buy the product. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's incredibly easy for people to pick out when you're not being genuine about like, oh yeah, you should get this thing. If you don't believe in it, people will recognize that very quickly. Uh, yeah. It is a very hard thing to do. I remember when setting it for me um i think i did it at ten dollars a month initially at patreon and i debated endlessly about like what that tier should be of getting access to the entire staff and this community um i thought on one hand i was like wow this is really cheap to get unlimited unfettered advice through the entire year at ten dollars a month i mean people have spent like 30 bucks for an hour or something like that you know and like that's amazing. On the other side, it's like, how egotistical do I have to be <laughs> to imagine that someone should be paying 10 bucks a month, you know? Uh, and that's just kind of how we've stuck with it. But I mean, yeah, there's a constant feeling of like, what can we do better that how, I mean, 10 bucks a month, but you should. Like your Netflix and everything. Like there's so much content out there you can get for 10 bucks a month at this point. Yeah. And, and uh, you should ask those questions. And, and that's yeah, kind of, of my point to this. I, I didn't even mean to turn this to like some like, hey, oh. let's talk about our paid subscription services on this. No, but this like, is, I think this is interesting stuff. This is this is stuff that isn't talked about enough, especially inside the industry. So please. But, and that's what I and I think that people need people just everybody who's doing podcasts. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, you need to ask yourself lots of questions. And, you know, what am I doing different? How can I do this? Um, but also you should like not stop asking those questions that should it can should consistently be a thing i know i can always see it turning in your head like you and i don't talk every single day sometimes we might go a month or whatever but you know we might hear there on a podcast or something but every time i talk to you 
you've got new stuff. You, you know, you're, you're, you've, you're like, here's this, 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 and this. And you're constantly turning through it. And I think everybody should start to do that because there are so many. I mean, the baseball podcast tournament that was just out showed, oh, my God, there's 64 plus yeah. baseball podcasts, yeah, fantasy baseball podcasts. <laughs> And there's even more coming that people should think not just like, how do I monetize this? Should I do a subscription service? But like you shouldn't do a subscription service unless you could do something fun. But also, what can you do inside your podcast? Can you do more fun things in there? Right. If you're going to have a website, are you going to do this? Everybody and their mother is having a, a podcast that has a website that then has writers in it. Do stuff differently. You know, if in this yeah. league was we kind of killed our website structure and if, multiple reasons because it's a two man operation. But like if we were to go back to it, the structure would be probably not traditional. Like we're going to write fantasy articles about your top sleepers. It probably wouldn't. It would it would probably be more representative of like I think like what Rasball does is great or, you know, probably just more talky. You know, it would be more like goofy and it might even not quite be about fantasy because in this league is not just about fantasy like it's the in this league is literally a mockery of it's actually the tradi the the background is from chris collinsworth where he would always be on and he go you know in this league you've got a da 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 and that's where we came up with the name hmm. so the name is like a it's a joke so i would probably not want to do top 10 sleeper articles and stuff like that within right. this league i'd want to do something completely different and it's not just because there's so much going on out there but there is and every podcast is either we're hiring writers and stuff like that and it's like okay i mean it's good to have all the content but try to separate yourself try to be creative that's what more people i think need to do everyone's trying to throw their content out there to get into the fray but also like sit back a little bit and just you know try to be, do something creative it'll really really hit and it's worthwhile and it kind of shows your individuality and i think we need just a little bit more of that I mean, one thing I've been telling, uh, like our shows and um, others that have asked, is don't do the standard things. Exactly what you're saying. Like, if you're starting off on a podcast, don't do like a third base preview or outfielder preview. Like everyone has done that. They're not gonna. They don't know who you are. You haven't earned the the listen from someone else. They're not gonna see a third base preview and go, "Oh, cool!" Like those are the guys I'm gonna listen to when everyone else has done that thing. I can't yeah. agree more about make it interesting. Make it like we play the blank game. Make up some game, you know, have a wheel that you spin, like do all the ridiculous things that just make it interesting and unpredictable uh, that doesn't feel like you just reciting your favorite players and the stats on everywhere else. Like the more that you can separate it and be like entertainment of you as a character, the more I think your success you'll have and the more that you'll actually break out from the massively saturated market that is fantasy baseball. But it also right comes now. back to the last thing on this for me is uh, it comes back to the original, original thing we were talking about with like audio and stuff. If you want to be someone that just think, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying this condescendingly, but it's not meant that way. If you want to be the person you're just like, well, my voice needs to be heard. Cool. Okay. And you're like, I'm going to do people about my ranks and I'm going to do a third base show. Okay, cool. Here's what you should do. Make sure you sound good. Because oh, yeah. uh, uh, so everything. many people just, but people, they're like, I got to be heard. I got to do this. They throw it out and then it's a tin can or they're talking like this. And, you know, there's three people talking into one microphone. Like that's enough. That, that's enough of the separator where you go and you're like, all right, well, maybe I don't have creative ideas. And maybe I just want to talk about sport. Okay. That's totally cool. But make sure at least the quality is good because it's not hard. It's easier than it ever was in 2014 when we started 
wasn't an easy, wasn't as easy. I mean, Bogman would get frustrated with all the stuff I had to show him, but now it is easy. It's way easier to do this now and you can I, and you should. Ooh, I still agree about it. Um, if you remember from last time we talked about the Samson uh, Q2U as like the best introduction microphone, get close to that mic, all that stuff. Um, I will say that if the hesitation of people starting things is that they want it to sound perfect, don't just get it out, but don't expect success with it. It's just more of a learning tool. And then eventually at some yeah. point, you know, you'll then be doing the thing that you want to do correctly. And that's at the point that you hope then you can start doing all the networking and marketing, all that kind of stuff to get involved exactly. in the industry. So, I mean, it's two sides of like, yes, have a focus on that detail, but also just start and, and like, while focusing on it don't wait for it to be absolutely perfect before you put it out the first time yeah all that fun stuff but um i, I want to go back to patreon a little bit because yeah guys if you aren't supporting itl you should uh, i believe it's patreon.com slash in this league correct or is it itl no, it, itl army so it's patreon okay. yeah patreon.com slash itl army cool and uh what what do you offer at the different tiers because this is actually this is a hard question to answer like a what dollar amounts what do you offer so uh, we have four tiers and I'd be completely mm-hmm. honest. We have a dollar tier that Patreon has told us to get rid of. They're just like, get rid of this. And we just haven't there. That is a true, like you just want to support something you can't support. You jump in there about what is on there is when we do like live streams, live streams will be available for that. There's not mm-hmm. much. It's a true, just supporter. The $5 level, which we call our Sergeant level. Because we, you know, we went with a gimmick and stuff. Ooh, I like creative. it. I think super it's a creative. good thing. Ooh. It's not yeah. a gimmick. It's character and add character yeah, to make it different from generic. No, I agree with it. Don't be condescending yeah, on yourself. Did. I don't like it. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The the five dollar one's the best value of everything because any ranks like my my prospect list is probably the most popular thing on there. My top five hundred prospects, uh, dynasty r- ranks, any list we do available secret shows available so bogman and i do two secret shows a month we are tonight as we're recording this we're actually doing this is a new uh riff on drafts we're going to do what we call i've i've titled mystery draft theater 3000 we're essentially going to do mystery science theater 3000 but for a draft and we're not going to draft in it we're going to sit back and we're yeah and we're going to do that so we do comedy you know they're more comedy based so comedy secret shows ranks um sometimes accessible live streams are only there contest that's a big one that's a lot of the meat the ten dollar one you now throw in our group me rooms which you get access to a sport so you can pick we have multiple sports because we talk about it you can pick a sport and there's a couple subsequent rooms so if you pick baseball you get prospects and all the shows we do now we do video that's where you so if, if nick if you and i were doing a show right now this would be available for that tier above and then the final tier our captain's level that is the one where everything we've talked about and then all the rooms all nice. the rooms that every single and we have i mean we have tons and tons of different rooms lifestyle ones all the sports and then uh captains get the first access to like be inside of mock drafts with us because that's another thing we do is our mock draft episodes the listeners get to mock draft with us so we've tried to separate those into like hey these are cool things if you're into it come and check it out you get your money's worth it you know it you get your money's worth if you feel you get your money's worth if that makes sense like we yeah, right. put enough into it that they separate themselves i can't tell you will you love being in all of our group me rooms and first access to um 
offers access to mock drafts more than just being at the $10 level? I don't know. You figure that out. But we, we've got a separation of why they all make sense. The answer is yes, by the way. Uh, you won't say it, but I will. The answer is yes. Uh, you will be satisfied doing that. I uh, yeah, hope so. <laughs> something that I certainly learned doing Patreon um, was, I mean, one, I, I understand where Patreon's coming from when they say get rid of the $1 a tier. Um, I don't think we did. Maybe we did. I don't know. I, but we changed the $1 to a $3. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just because, uh, I mean, essentially like you have the $1 for social proof. If you're starting a Patreon, I cannot emphasize this enough. You need to just friends and family be like, guys, I just need people to sign up for $1 so that when people go to my Patreon page the first time, it doesn't say zero. Yeah. There's it somebody doesn't there. say five. It says like 25 at least like you have a decent amount of people already there that makes you feel comfortable signing up, especially when you're starting one. Right. So I certainly went to friends and family initially and had that. They pulled it off after. But like having that initial cushion is really, really important. I saw Sleeper in the bus put up a Patreon. I was the first one and I was upset at them because like, guys, you need social proof. I'm trying here. Like, (laughs) and I saw I was the first one to sign up when I'm so. Yeah. yeah, I I didn't know, but we just had, uh, we just had, and the reason I know, by the way, about Justin cursing on your thing is because we had Justin and Paul on our, we call it the draft forum episode. It's just a prep episode and it's me, Bogman, Justin and Paul. And by the way, if you're a lieutenant, you know, you can go and watch that. We actually live streamed it so people can. Uh, can uh, they were able to ask questions and stuff like that? And uh, Justin had mentioned how much he was cursing because they started exploding <laughs> on our episode, and we were like, "All right." They fell free, but also finally at the end they mentioned that, and I was like, "I had no idea. I didn't know that." But also, what I think is different, and this is this is really key with this type of stuff. I agree with your your the proof thing you're talking about of like make sure you've got some people on it, but. I think that's way, way more important for the relatively unestablished. And I think people need to understand that. So if there's people doing podcasts here, you need to be realistic with yourself and who you are. Like, hey, maybe you've been, maybe you have 15 episodes or something like that, but like it might not be time. You know, you might need to let it go a little bit. Or if you do, make sure it looks robust. What was different about us is we had been going for a couple of years. And we built the audience up to it. So we had people the minute we went, they were ready to go. And we had like 25 people in the first day sign up. Sleeper in the bust. I mean, they're going to just go like they, they have a brand. They have an established brand that they're adding yeah. this to. And that's a little bit different than the proof. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, I got to monetize this. We got some cool stuff. We're going to do this or that. Maybe we'll just throw a Patreon up. Think it through, dude. Think it through. And to uh, to Nick's point, you know, if you don't have quite the build and the brand make sure you do have some people on there so they feel comfortable because that's a dicey thing you know like like the one advantage i think we have we've been going for five years like we don't just have a patreon that came up you know three weeks ago and it's going to disappear because i i've helped some people create some patreons that they then just got rid of we don't have that but People might think, you know, this podcast that they kind of like, they just started listening to that has seven Patreon. They might feel a little bit nervous. So do what you can yeah, exactly. to, to Nick's point. Yeah, that, that's really it. Like you look, you're spending your money and you want to feel like you're spending your money for something that isn't just going to be lost in the void. Yeah. Um, and one element that I also learned during it is I remember starting the Patreon was cool. We can give them all of these things. Right. Uh, and a lot of those things were time consuming. Essentially what oh, I yeah. was paying for you know they were they're paying us five bucks a month for something that i was having to spend hours every month to do 
Uh, and then I realized, like, wait a second, like, I'm spending, like, an hour to satisfy this one $5 a month. And I, once you start, start thinking, like, in terms of minimum wage, um, of, like, yeah. how much you're spending your time. Then it's depressing. Like yeah. Well, right. I mean, and, uh, you know, I do recognize in life that, I remember someone said this once, and it really did stuck, stick with me. I mean, there are two types of people, really. There are people that have more time than money, and some people have more money than time. And if you have more time than money, then maybe you do want to do like something that you enjoy for under minimum wage. And that's fine. You know, I very much understand that. I, but essentially you got to start realizing you have to have Patreon tiers or whatever it is that is automated in some way that isn't yeah. also asking you to then do things back for each of those. Uh, cause I remember, I remember I was saying, okay, cool. We're going to upload the podcast notes. We're going to upload every single podcast, all this other stuff. And I find my, found myself like every single episode of the podcast adding another 30, 45 minutes, even at times. And I just, that, I mean, I was adding up a ton just to satisfy this one thing that I didn't really know if too many people were really using. Uh, and, and then there's like, you want to give away shirts and you want to give away this and that. And it's just so much to keep track of. Um, the more that you can find things innately that are just, self-servicing in a way and uh you can kind of add without having this constant maintenance for um it is really the the struggle but also the necessity uh so definitely keep that in mind if you're creating this kind of stuff i know it's not necessarily the the topic of discussion that everyone expected but hey this is the fun stuff this is like i don't know the, uh, we, we got to talk more as a industry about the actual process of of the business if you ask me um, yeah, I mean, I imagine a lot of people that are listening to this are going to be industry-based people or fans that probably have. I mean, there's there's so many people that have come through ours in our time that have like listened to our pod. I mean, I always get blown away. Again, this kind of comes back to this like I, I know it, people get annoyed that I'm like you know, hey, we're just this little guy, and and some people have very high regard to us, but at the end of the day, we still are. Like, we're not we're not big mainstream. Like we've I've had a couple moments of, you know, people interested in me and stuff like that, but we're still kind of lower stream, but I always get blown away by the people that'll be like, Oh my God, you know, we've listened to you. I listened to you for a long time, but then they're now podcasting or people that are on our people on our Patreon right now that are podcasters or people that have been, and they kind of come through. So your pot, the, what you're doing is, is great. kind of having a, a, a deeper conversation with people in the industry, because I think people are interested in someone they listen to learning more about, but, industry-based people might want to know like tips on how to you know get started more and learn so i think it's good so i mean i don't know again this is interesting or not but we had for example like i debated a lot with like how much do we charge for certain things right and at the end of the day for me um i i have the opinion of you have one tier that you essentially feel like this is the best value this is the one where if everyone just signed up for this i'd be happiest at right um, and for us, that's just like the basic PO plus, right? $10 a month, $8 a year. But we had like last year, we had PL basic, which was half of it. And all it was, was just ad free website. It was like your way to support us without getting the discord experience. If you didn't really want that and all the other little things. Uh, and we found that I think like 90 to 95% of people signed up for PL plus and not the basic. Mm, yeah. And which to me was just like, oh, cool. This is this is good in a way. So we actually just got rid of the basic because it was this extra maintenance that we just didn't need to do anymore, you know? Um, and I think that having that focus of like, hey, have one 
one thing that you're like that is the thing i uh, can go a long way um and you know just making just like one product the best product but you is, can you can take that to everything i think you take yeah. you take that idea to everything is experiment and find out what works and what people want and what you're good at that they, there's you know, trial and error is the only way to do it. So whether it's stuff you do in your own podcast or you're going to start a subscription service or whatever it is, you've got to try those things out. And I think that's how you have to do it. If, if you ever get in, if people are going to ever get into, you know, creating their own system or doing a Patreon or whatever it is, is you, you've got to figure out what really is out there and you got to ask. And if, if you know, yes, if you don't oh have man. an applicable, you know, the applicable stuff right there where you can physically go and look and be like, Oh, well, 95% are signing up for this. You've got to ask. And that, that's what we did before we, you know, we went out and kind of pulled our listeners. Like what is stuff that you'd want? And yep. that helped us hone in. Definitely. Uh, all right. So, so going back to you, the man, the oh. Welsh, the Chris Welsh. Yes. <laughs> so I want to I, like the question I ask everybody, because I'm so curious about this. I feel like Leslie Nope every time, like what are your five biggest hopes, dreams, fears, whatever. But <laughs> what what do you like? What are your goals right now? What uh, I'm not asking for your direct roadmap of life, but I mean, yeah, what are you striving towards? What do you see for yourself? What kind of stuff do you want to be doing? That is a loaded question. I think the easiest answer, and again, this is through trial and error, is I would like to do in this league full time. Like hmm. it's my only thing that I think about. And that it can mean a multiple things because in this league is not just the baseball podcast. We have a football podcast. We've had a basketball prospect one. You know, I, I started prospect one later, like three or four years ago. So that's like three years after in this league. And it's become one of the more popular things. So, you know, if I had a choice, it would be that I'm, you know, financially able to make this my only thing with growth. And and I say this because, you know, I've had, I didn't know if you were going to try to subtly go around this or anything like that, but like I have had some experiences. I had CBS interested in me and I did CBS for a bit. I've had. I did want to uh, mention that because you did me the unbelievable solid of bringing me on to CBS. And that was like, that's one of my favorite podcasts. That was such a fun time, you know, and uh, I'm so happy that and I'm so happy that I got to like give you your first CBS experience. Like I got to bring you on. I was excited. You were one of the first people I thought about. So like, uh, and we, we can talk about whatever you want or it, but I'm just saying like, I was in that mode. I, I've had some bites from people that have been on Sirius XM that it's you, what usually is, is people's lack of understanding about like what we do it in this league. So people are like, you know, hey, man, like I really like the in this league stuff you do. And like, I, I don't want to name the site, but like these guys that we knew and he wanted to know what like we were about. And then he's like, oh, You're like, oh, well, I can't compete with that. But they wanted me to be. So what I'm getting at is like I've had interest in Sirius. We've had interest. I've had interest from uh, or this site from Sirius. I've had interest from a big major player for me. Light touch arounds of people being like, so what would in this league cost if we bought it? And they don't even understand what they're getting into. So I, I've I've kind of gone down the road, I think, of the things you would be interested. In. I'm not a writer. I can write, but I'm not a writer. So a lot of other sure. people here would be like, oh, you know, my well, I just want to work for fan crafts or I want to work for picture lists. And that's cool. And you can kind of get that. Mine is more difficult and it's tougher. So I think if I was truly giving you like what is my ultimate dream through some of these experiences now? I think it's that I could do in this league full time and, and keep being creative and keep, you know, like 
putting out the dream stuff that I have. And I think people like some of the work that we do and, and it would be growing that. Well, I'll say this. I, you know, this is the, the culture of the internet makes something like that for an independent, you know, business owner, which you are uh, easier than ever. Right. Um, and I don't mean that as like, oh, you should be able to do that. I mean that there are more avenues that there have ever been uh, to do it. Um, from what I have observed, and you'll see this from PictureList across the next two years, and we've seen this from many others inside the industry already. I think actually, uh, in some ways, um, you just look at John Boy of how he's done this, uh, his advancement. It's different, but the the main rules of it are you have essentially three to four different revenue streams, right? Different avenues, and all of them are marketing and branding of content or uh, of yourself. So obviously podcasts, you've got that down. Like you, you have it down. And a lot of the other ones that we're comparing ourselves to, you know, like the numbers that CBS gets and ESPN and fan graphs and stuff, they are, you know, pulled up by this unbelievable following that, you know, we don't yeah. have, right? So it, it, just don't compare yourself to that right now. Because I mean, look, you've... I don't know exactly what your numbers are, but I know that they are way better than a heavy majority of the industry, especially at the independent level. I mean, you are like one of the kings of the independent creators of our industry. So please do not sell yourself short here. You've created an amazing thing. I appreciate I, that. Oh, of course. I mean, that's just that's what we all know, you know. Um, now, so podcasting is one area. I a website can, but it's not a necessity. There needs to be a website that is a house for content, but doesn't need to be like, you know, I've gone the route of writing because I just enjoy writing and I, that's like a fun thing for me because I'm, you know, goofy and wacky. I love the fact that no one can tell me not to make a terrible joke at 1 a.m. So that's, you know, sure, I'm going that route. John Boy doesn't write. They don't really have like a full massive blog thing, right? I mean, they do have stuff, but it's not why you go to John Boy, right? Uh, you have your podcast, you record it, you you have a video for it uh, that then goes onto YouTube. You can live stream that and then you use Twitch. So right there, you have Twitch streaming. You have, that's one uh, avenue of revenue. You have that repurposed into a YouTube video that then gets sent off to all the social media stuff. So repurposed again. You can put it then on your website as a video and then cut out. So let's say you have like a 50 minute stream or that's a podcast. Then that can be five minute clips here and there about certain things. Um, and then you also, uh, have merch on top of that about your product that you show or on the stream and live stuff. Like this is, yeah, you're wearing in this league right now. I'm actually wearing a never sunny in Seattle, uh, right now. Michael Ahedo and Andy Patton have a that's Mariners great. podcast. That's part of our, podcast network now yeah i'm wearing that shirt never Wasn't sunny planning Seattle, and giving just... a plug on this but i'm very happy to it's a great shirt it's griffy that's really really great yeah, yeah i like that it's it's a wonderful logo designed by zach ennis uh, one of our graphics guys who's amazing actually designed the the pictureless logo uh so he's fantastic um but that's that's really like the internet world now then on top of that you can have a patreon to support it um i mean i believe john boy has a patreon too and I think there's another revenue stream on top of this as well, but that right there, oh yeah, newsletter, you can do that. You can have a sub stack and stuff like that on top of it, right? And then that's also pushing everyone towards your things. There are so many ways 
to to give quality content. And I think every step of the way, especially with you, Welsh, like people that enjoy your podcast are going to enjoy your streams, enjoy your videos, enjoy your Twitch. Like they don't, it's not like they see, they listen to a podcast that they like and think, mm, that's enough for me, you know? That's very sure. true. Yeah, th- I mean, that's a good that's a good point uh, right there too, is when people lock into something that they really like, they want more. They consistently want more. Like I, I was a consumer of that. I had, I don't, ironically, I don't listen to a lot of sports podcasts mainly because I don't want, and I've said this a million times over, I just don't want ideas incepting my brain. I don't want to mm-hmm. take other people's ideas and then forget that I do it. And I do enough of forgetting to cite specific things, but I would listen to more entertainment and comedy and stuff. And like, I've been into that, you know, I, I've got a couple people that I love consuming the product and I would, you know, do their plans and stuff like that. Right. You, you don't, you don't just have enough when you really, really like it. When you hit home again, we're different. I'm going to hit different than Nick Pollock's going to hit. Like Nick, you are, you're we very likable, you're, but you're smart. Yeah. You're smart. But like y- you, you have way more mass appeal and that's why picture list will be bigger exponentially more than in this league is ever going to be. And it's, but it's just the truth. It's not even me being you, you have more mainstream appeal from an intelligence standpoint and how you talk about that. Some people want sports. You're also an entertainer. You're likable, all that stuff where I in Bogman can be more fringy, you know, like, like we, we poke at each other. We have more classic radio. Um, it's, you know, it's not like, I'm completely forgetting their name, not Love Sponge or anything. I'm like Opie and Anthony. It's not quite like that, but it's got a feel of like we are sometimes attacking and stuff like that. And we can be more aggressive and, you know, we we can curse and we're, we're, we bust each other. You know, we do all that type of stuff that it, it can be harder to to have that mainstream appeal. But those people that want that, that's why they come in harder because they're like, oh, there's that thing. There's just will it ever get to the point where it's going to allow me to be in that space. I'm not sure. You know, John Boy is interesting. You bring up, I think there's one clear distance that John Boy has, and this is the, this is make or break. It's YouTube. And when you get to the point of a million or 500,000, you're in a whole nother scope of monetary value that you can then transmit out in other places. And he was able to do that, I think if I remember correctly, it was really the, the Astro stuff that, you know, he was doing these breakdown yeah, was, videos that took three, him three uh, stages of like the Marcus Stroman breakdown video, then the savages in the box and then the Astros. And, yeah. And Astros went to a whole nother level and he's a conglomerate now. So, you know, I mean, to that, it should probably mean that we lean heavy into streaming YouTube type of stuff if we want to get there. But you know, he's a great example while also being a completely different example because yeah, well, you know, YouTube course. is the differentiating thing. It's it's a it's a I, w- I was using the example more of a um a representation of the different avenues. You can just look at them. Because, oh, right. That's what it is. And, and he's his own say, thing. It's, that's it, why it's a good point. And it's it's also I mean, it's, it's you two. You know, it's you and Bogman. Right. I that's mean, it. they have 25 staffers or something now. Um, now. And. I if I look at one area, and this is actually something that I'm looking at too, that we don't really do. We do a little bit. We have a couple people, but we haven't fully like dove in. Um, if anyone's listening, like, how do I stand out more? If there's one skill to learn, it's video, like Adobe Premiere, like video editing. Uh, yeah. I like that's everything. I mean, really, like, I, I, 
it's not a comparison between me and you, and it's not. I, I don't think that that's actually the the real point of, of this. I don't see your product and think, and yes, I'm calling it a product because it's a business. Yeah. Um, I don't see and think, oh yeah, this doesn't have national appeal or broad appeal or this can't be successful. Um, I don't see that in the slightest. It's more of, I mean, you have all the things there. You know, you have all the skills. You have all of the. You have the ethic. You know, the work ethic to do it. You have the personality. You have the core audience. You know, you have all the things. You also do multiple sports. Uh, and it's not just a, a baseball thing, right? And you have also the entity of being entertaining and not just being right, which is, I think, a very important distinction. Uh, it's just about, yeah, how do you expand that? How do you actually push it to an area yeah. that gets to be, you know, gets to be marketed and out there? And look, there are so many content creators out there, but look at the ones at baseball. I'm not going to name anyone, but it's more of, a lot of guys are successful because they put in the work on it and they have the video edits that work. And it's not necessarily because they are the smartest person or that, you know, they have the best takes or whatever. It's just that they're creating it and they're, they're doing it constantly and they have yeah. a level of production. And I don't think that those are things that you can't achieve as well. I'm hoping that we can achieve it at some point too. I, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Like, I, I love that that's your dream to make ITL, um, the thing that you do forever and i and i want to ensure for you that it doesn't seem like this mountain that you need to climb that's impossible like sisyphus pushing up the rock like no 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 you can just sidestep that thing and jog up right yeah we still have to jog yeah there's there's a couple things with all of that too um uh, to that point like I, i feel like we're you know we're halfway up the mountain and i think a lot of podcasts that one of the biggest problems that they have is people just give up and, you know, at any time, I mean, I suppose in this league could just kind of dissolve, uh, you know, if, if it didn't grow, but it's continuously, it's continuously kind of grown. But one of our, one of our biggest disadvantages, so there's like a double thing here. One of our biggest disadvantages is it is just Bogman and I, it is Scott and I, and we slightly have entertained things over the years slightly and it's just tough to bring people into the fray because I don't want to ask people to do work that you know we can't properly compensate them for and it's just our, it's our biggest disadvantage that it's just us and you know a lot of workload goes on to Bogman from maybe making sheets and stuff to me doing tons of the technical side and that holds us back and on top of it you know your original question of like what did we want I definitely tell you the f- early early on one of the, I think the biggest things that stuck out in our mind was that in this league would get bought out. We would like not bought out like it dissolves, but someone would come along and they would want to curate it where they, you know, like we can have, you know, like we're taken care of, like it's money, it's our full-time job and they are curating it. And again, like I told you, like, you know, the CBS stuff would have taken me away from that. I've had a little bit of serious stuff. There was a major site that, you know, entertained some of the in this league stuff that kind of would have been that, but we haven't got to the point. And I don't know we'll ever get there. I don't know if it can get there where someone can come along and say, listen, this is great because I don't know if our numbers to what we would have to have to be full time, whatever work. So the original dream was that someone would come along, love in this league enough to support it, and then bam, we're up. 
And we're right. we, we are in this league fully forced having people behind like, like what you do with picture list. We got people that can do web, all this type of stuff. So I don't know. So that's why we're in this weird stage. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think either one of us, especially, you know, post the CBS stuff like are going to go off into another realm. Mm-hmm. So then we are sitting at halfway up the mountain and it's like we could come down when we need to. Or how do we get up? There are no grips there. We don't know how to get up. So we're in this middle phase where it's okay. It's good. What we're doing is good. But like, will there be a next stage? I don't know what that is. And and it, the next stage has got to be like something that breaks off into a like a John Boy type of thing where right. we change the content. Maybe it's YouTube and all of a sudden it's kind of kicking off. And then that vaults us into not having to have someone buy us out, but we have enough of the advertising support where we can build the infrastructure. That's the most likely scenario for in this league to be here in 10 years. That's at this point from what I can see. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, it's the hardest question, right? That's like the, like the true yeah. million dollar question, right? Uh, and it's a question a lot that they don't things? ask themselves. I know there's, yeah. there's so many podcasts out there that that's what you I was shouldn't say. Yeah. You got to, you got to have personal inventory. You got to say, okay, I, I want this thing. Do I have the time to, to try and make that thing work? If I do, what should, what should that time go into that would accelerate this the most? And that's all very hard question to answer. Um, yeah. and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess what I can help with is identifying these are the paths, right? Those are the places that generally then accelerate things and, uh, you know, get you more noticed. And, you know, something I've certainly realized is showing your face is such a huge thing, you know, actually feeling like there's a person. I just changed the pictureless handle. Um, to be Nick at Nick Pollock and or yeah. Nick Pollock at Pitcherless with my face finally, because I realized that like yeah that is I mean I've been running that and it's it, it's more genuine it's you as a person as opposed to a brand, um, and that's a lot easier to connect with. Um, and it wasn't disingenuous like that's hey that's my Twitter account. <laughs> you know, but that's a big like thing I'm, we've been talking about. Yeah. It's like the motif of this episode is also, it's just like connection and personality is a big thing. Like yes. this has really been, a lot of this conversation has actually very been pointed to like the guys that are wanting to podcast or people that are early on a podcast. I feel like that's been the theme of this entire yeah, thing. Right? And, <laughs> and one of those has been, it's connection. It's making sure that you are connected in, in multiple ways. Make sure your audio is good. Make sure you are original. You're yourself. Make sure, you know, that you are pulling in so people can understand what we create content that you would want to hear, but also at the same time, like show your face, you know, like make sure people are comfortable. If they're going to pay for your stuff, make sure that you make them feel comfortable. If they're going to follow you and, and be locked into you, they might want to see you and make sure you're not like an egg or, you know, a goat or whatever you might be on your Twitter. You have to be presentable. You got to be, I mean, everything is presentation. makes me think of that scene from Megamind. If you ever seen that movie. Where My kids were just uh, watching that the other day. Yeah. So you have, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm really sorry. You can mute me mm. for the next 30 seconds. But the one of the climaxes of the movie is I, I, you have like the new supervillain. I can't remember his name. It's from Superbad. I don't know. Why can't I remember this name anymore? Uh, Jonah Hill. Uh, Jonah Hill, thank you. Uh, he's now turned into like the supervillain against Will Ferrell's like mega mind. And he's saying, you know, you were both supervillains, but you know what is the difference between me and you? 
And he says, presentation, as he leaves like a drone face of himself. It's an amazing thing. Terribly descriptive, I know. Right now, I just gave it. But that's the whole point is it's about presentation. How you showcase yourself is everything, especially in this very fast, consumable world that we live in. Um, But anyway, this is Nick Pollock and Friends is not like a business advice podcast. It's going to have some. (laughs) I enjoy this stuff a a lot. But there's a lot more to it than that. And I do have I do want to learn a little bit more about Chris Welsh. Uh, so let's talk about your life. You have it. You said an eight year old. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. I eight and a half. So, I have a four and a half and an eight and a half. Oh, my God. I wh- what's it like being a dad? Was it like a massive change for you all of a sudden? Or did you just kind of feel like this is where I meant to be? Um, it's different because I, I didn't have a dad growing up. My dad died two months before I was born. Oh, wow. So, uh, and it's actually stuff I'm dealing with right now. I don't speak with his side of the family and I, I literally have a box downstairs from his brother that I never spoke to in my life up until like three months ago. And they sent me a box of some stuff and I haven't opened it yet and I'm going to. So I, I'm only leading that in to be like, I don't have a, so you ask like, Ooh, you always want to be a dad? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think I ever right, had yeah. like a, an idea of that, but it's, it's awesome. I embrace it. It's very, very good. I got a boy and a girl and uh, they're super smart and they're, they're sassy and they're, they got, you know, they got the right type of attitude that I would expect and uh, it's good, but it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. You're a parent. It's a lot. What's, what's been like the biggest surprise for you as a parent? Um, I think, oh, I definitely would say from, from me personally, the, the amount of like worry that I have all the time, Mm, like I'm, I'm a relatively anxious person, but like, I'm so much more like, oh God, the kids are growing up, you know, like them being away and stuff like that. And I mean, I probably, there's probably like, you know, a a, a therapy that's involved in that of like, you know, my childhood and growing up and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to go away and they're going to be away and stuff like that. But (laughs) that's probably, besides like the lack of sleep that everybody tells you, probably that. Oh man. Yeah. I I can't even imagine Uh, like at all times. Little little Nick's, little pitcher lists running around. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're just giant peas that bounce on that one leg, right? That's all it is. Yep, a couple little peas right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, so where did you grow up then? I grew up in uh, Northern California, up in the Bay Area. I was born uh, born in Vallejo and uh, California for like 13 years, and then my mom and I moved to Arizona when I was like, yeah, like 13 12, 13, 14, some, somewhere in there. And I've been in Arizona since. So was it basketball first then before baseball? Because you said that the first in the sleep podcast was basketball. Oh, uh, yeah. I, was, I thought you were asking like what I was into personally, sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's basketball. what I mean. But that's what I mean too. Yeah, yeah. Was, were you like a basketball fan at 13? No. Like Golden State? No, no baseball. Uh, baseball and football were my things when I lived in California. I played, you know, uh, peewee baseball or whatever it was. Uh, I was I was on the Giants uh, in the Bay Area, which was cool. And then grew up as a 49ers fan. My fans were my family were Oakland Raiders and A's fans. So I grew up Niners and A's. And then when I came to Arizona, I fully embraced basketball. And I played because mm. I'm a tall dude. You, 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 I think you're like six five, aren't you? Six four, but you're like yeah, you're six. You're like the same height. You're right there, with like me. six three and a half, like somewhere yeah. right there. So I was been, I've always been tall, and um, I played basketball for years and years, and then some football in high school and stuff like that. And I didn't play a whole bunch of baseball when I got older, even though 
my fa- my family baseball people. Like I got lots of stuff. Like actually, I didn't even mention this before. It's funny you were saying your dad was an engineer. My mom's side of the family, one of my uh, one of her brothers, my uncles, signed a band, uh, signed a deal with Warner Brothers, and they had three albums oh, wow. out. And then I've got a, a famous famous great great grandfather who died in the Patsy Cline. Uh, plane crash and he was a musician so i've got that side and then my dad's side they were all baseball players and they were all like you know the from the the sons they were all just crazy baseball players so you're kind of the combination then something like that yeah i guess so i didn't even think about that yeah like their their sports acumen with uh audio i didn't even think about that there it is uh and as far as music goes i mean we've talked a decent amount about that like what do you listen to i mean i'm i think i know it's a bit of hard rock but I don't quite know yet. Oh, I mean, I have listened to everything. So I am eclectic in music. I've gone through periods. I 100% did my rap phase. Uh, you know, Tupac was everything. I My first CD I ever bought was The Wallflowers, uh, Bob Dylan's oh, son, yeah. Jacob Dylan. My first, uh, the, al- the, the cassette tape I listened to when I drove from California, Arizona on nonstop was MC Hammer. Hmm. And... Um, I've done the heavy metal. I've done all that. So I think I look and maybe act like a person, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I love now. I'm way more. Um, I'll get more folky. I love okay. uh, folky type music. Uh, I, I actually kind of like some uh, like, I don't know how you psychedelic like and I'm not like a, I don't do anything, but like, I've always liked from uh, Mars Volta, who's very sure, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you know, Pink Floyd esque in their guitar playing to James get- Blake. I could never get into Mars Volta. It was too, I don't want to say progressive, but it was just too random and chaotic for me. Yeah, I like, I, 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 that, that's weird. Yeah, I need. I always like chaos. Down. I like chaos in my music. Sure. And like James Blake oh, is someone that does like trippy kind of psychedelic, like electronic music to, um, uh, what's the one with, like I said, folk to any of that. I, yeah. I listen to everything. I'm just into sound design. So I really, I, I can fall okay. into anything. So, okay. I, so many questions. Have you heard of Thank You Scientist? No. Should I? Okay. Yeah. I think if there are like, I'm into the progressive metal side, um, okay. which is essentially like you're, you're, to me, it's just not your standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but like has heavy guitars and, and drums and stuff like that. But I hate like the growls and screams and everything. Thank You Scientist is that progressive metal without the screams, but it's so chaotic that I'm not into it. But it does mm. sound like something you'd be into. Think of like a yeah, heavier Mars Volta sounds right. Yeah. And I go like Gary Clark Jr. is another one. I really oh, like yeah. Gary Clark Jr. He's fantastic. And so, like I said, I'm very I don't listen to as much music anymore as, as I should, because it's actually very sure. calming to me when I would go hiking and stuff. Uh, it's much better for me to listen to music than it is to listen to podcasts. But, uh, you know, Gary Clark Jr. would be someone that I really like to listen to. So mm. it's, it's all over. It's all over. OK. All right. Do you play it all? I, I like I said I was never disciplined enough like I could play right. I got a guitar in here but it's the string is broke so I could play a little bit of guitar no. I like tiny bit of piano like I I'm not one one hundredth oh, of what my kid is at piano so hurt, uh, I just hurt don't to hear man you have a guitar in your room that has a broken string yeah where I don't even know where it is it's somewhere it in here but the string is better. broken I know Chris. it does it's great it was it's actually the one my uncle who had who was in the band for Warner Brothers it was a present he got me when I was like. 
12 years old and I, and he was never around and he showed up one Christmas and you know, he's a, he's a rock rock. Sorry. He didn't quotes now, uh, but he <laughs> like got me that guitar and I still have it. And it's the only guitar I've ever owned. Oh man. Do you know what kind it is? Uh, it's, it's a, it's like a fender. There's a, there are a lot of fenders. Oh, see, so so no. The answer would be no. I don't. <laughs> it's acoustic. It's an acoustic fender. You're talking to someone that spent 11 months of his life right out of college working at Guitar Center. Uh, and hey, yeah. everyone should work at retail at some point. But man, uh, that was uh, that was an experience. Um, yeah, what's on that level? Like, what was? So you said that like the the internship really was your first real job. And you had oh, but and, but and, that and I've had that? I, yeah, yeah, I had plenty that. of jobs before that. Yeah, no, that like was what? like uh, my very first job ever. I worked at PetSmart. Oh, is that right? And, yeah, this is like fifteen-year-old Chris here. This is like sixteen-year-old Chris. Okay, and then um, <laughs> I worked at. It's now defunct. I like saying it because of like how ridiculous it is now. But Circuit City, I worked at yeah. Circuit City for yeah. a while. Sure, and uh, that was that was a great one. I, I met lots of athletes because. It was it's over. It was one in Scottsdale, and like I met Steve Young there. Charlie Sheen came in. Charles, Bar- wow. I have a you know, Charles Barkley interaction. So lots of athletes would come through there. And then, um, well, I mean, nothing. A sports authority. I worked at a sports authority mm-hmm. too. So, so, so you, of, have, that you was, have a lot of experience with retail then. Oh, tons of experience. I mean, yeah. yeah like remember, you got to remember, I went to a recording school, so that's not like sure. you're walking around with you know an MBA or anything like that. It's you know recording school. So actually, I was working at a sports authority part-time while I was working at the clear channel radio station, like about 30 hours a week. And I was doing both of those jobs when I was with my, was my girlfriend at the time. And I was working the two jobs trying to maintain. And then I'd let it go once I got the other full-time in radio and we still hadn't created in this league at that time. So, Oh man, got to yeah, hustle. Yeah. Always hustling. Exactly. That, well, that's, I mean, you do what you have to do, right? It's a yeah. uh, oh, retail Ooh. Circuit City, it's, yeah. <laughs> the a guitar center. It was a wall of sound of like everyone trying the electric guitars yeah. at the same time, and it was just oh my god. No, I mean I, I've believe me, I've I've uh, dedicated <laughs> some hours to Guitar Center. I, I've done it. Oh no, oh no. Um, all right. The last question I'm going to ask you here because I mean, Marie had you know you've been so kind coming on for as uh, it looks like 80 minutes. Oh my god, oh, it's all quickly. good. Um, do you have a mantra? Oh, like something that I live by. Yeah. Like, you know, I I remember coming up with mine when I was like 19 in college. I had that moment like, yeah, I need mantras. And so I have some of them and I I like picking up others uh, from like, you know, what you guys live by that resonate with me, too. Uh, Um, I'm curious. Well, I mean, kind okay. I do. I was about to say I do have one and it's tattooed on me, but it's more of a reminder. I'm not a big mantra. Not that I don't like mantras. I think I have a lot of stuff in my head that yeah. isn't quantified to like these sayings that I'm going to go with my, I mean, there's lots of stuff. There's lots of weird things like in my personal life that, you know, like stability and things like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. but the one I think I need, and <laughs> I will tell you, I remember getting this tattooed and these tattoo guys were, they were just not having it. Like what type of guy is this that would get this on? I remember they, (laughs) I mean, it was to the point where it's like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to beat up some tattoo guy for just being idiots? Like you're, you're beholden to them, but this is something me and my wife went to a tattoo uh, parlor. I don't even know seven, eight years ago. And you know, 
we're just trying to be better people. I'm always trying to be better. I get, I have a lot of anger that I deal with a lot. I've got anxiety. I've deal with myself. You know, I'm my worst enemy and everything that, uh, it was this quote right here. You can see it. It says, be the change change that you want. You want to see in the world. Love yeah. that. And I just tattooed it on my arm and you know, it, whatever people can think about it. It's, it's, it's tropey and stuff like that, but it's a good reminder for me um, to, to be more of what I want because I think a lot of us forget and we, we get jaded and we get like, Oh, you know, this needs to be this way and this way. And then we're not that. So it's also, you know, I got a couple other tattoos and it's like, I don't know if I'm going to have those. It's it's not the worst thing for my kid to see if, if they're going to see tattoos and they, they're going to ask about it and have something that means something positive and they, they don't really ask about it a whole bunch, but they will. And it's just a decent reminder for me. And then, you know, I'll walk around and someone will see it. And, you know, I'm a big dude and I look, you know, my I have a, a resting specific type of face sometimes there, Nick, that, uh, <laughs> you know, that type of face. And like I, I come off or visually look very different. And then I've had people stop me and be like, I can't, what is that on your arm? And I'll show them. And they're like, Oh, okay. You know, it just, it doesn't fit the narrative of what people would think of me, but yeah, That's just, you know, thing, then. I, I'd glad, like to be, you know? I'd like to be more of what I want instead of just complaining about, uh, what we don't have. I think that's great. Uh, I I know that Reddit's uh, Reddit's words, at least, you know, this is what they say is remember the human, which is Mm. essentially anytime you have a comment, remember that you're not talking to a computer, that there's another person on the other side of that. Yeah, I agree with that Um, a lot. And yeah, that resonated with me as in it's it's, it's a lot of what you're going with. Be the change you want to see in the world. Like, you know, be be the good person essentially i mean i imagine the change you want is in death and destruction so i'm just gonna, i'm i'm assuming there welsh but <laughs> the change you want is to be good change yeah and yeah, i mean that starts, I, I, yeah. I try to be like i know we can be abrasive on the podcast and, and it kind of it actually is, it works to our uh a negative for us sometimes because people sometimes nick think you know like oh we listen and you guys are you know like oh you do this to each other and and they think they know us and they're best friends and then they think they can talk to us how maybe bogman and i will talk and it's like no you can't you you you're not you right. don't do you don't get to talk like that to me because you don't know me but at the same time I, I know so i'm saying like i can be you know whatever i am or this goofy pers- uh, persona of who i am but at the same time though i'm actually also like i try to be overtly nice online to people and i try to give benefit of the doubt unless someone's just being rude and i if someone messages me i try to be nice and i say thank you people when they send compliments i always go i really appreciate you and i thank you because i mean it because context online it's again this is something i think about with this saying is there's so much there's so lack of context people say things they may not mean it but boy does it look rude or it comes off that way so i try to uh, to your point of remembering the humans there, I try to make it very clear when I speak to people online of like, you know, I appreciate you. Thank you. I, and I don't want to leave any shadow of a doubt because I hate the shadow of the doubt. I hate right. when people say things weird and I can't read the context. And I'm like, is this rude? I'm like, I think this is rude, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So I try to to your point, you know, remember the human. Try to remember that, you know, everybody's dealing with stuff and context might be lost. And, and I try to show my appreciation as much as possible. And hopefully it comes across. You know, I mean, we're not uh, immune from from negative comments, of course. Oh, and, me especially. Uh, I uh, every every staffer, I warned them about like, hey, you're going to get one at some point. It's just part of the business. 
Um, and it's so important when that happens that instead of embracing it with a fist, you embrace it with a hug. You'll be yeah. so surprised, so surprised how quickly the person turns in favor for you. And it's not even about winning the person that you're talking to. You're, it's about winning everyone that reads this conversation too. And you'll be happier with yourself that you're treating people well uh, and not, you know, not being combative back. I, uh, you'll just, it's just a, a much more wonderful thing. You'll be at peace about it. You'll, yeah, it's like, um, you know, I don't know if you know the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, famous, famous mm. book. I highly yeah. recommend it to everybody. And it's not, it's not really one of those books that you read that you go, oh man, I didn't understand all these things. It's things that, it's just like a reminder book. It's, it's one that's like, hey, do these things and you'll be happier in life and like remember to do them. And one of them was uh, talking about Abraham Lincoln. Uh, apparently, during the Civil War, there was some fort that was lost, and he was so angry at this general for making a stupid mistake, etc. And he wrote this letter, scathing. Like, how could you do this? And he threw it in the fire. And then he wrote a second one. And after writing that first one, where he emitted uh, his emotions and and got rid of them, then he was able to say, okay, like understanding of the person, like the general didn't want to lose this fort and he still needed him for other things. And like, he could have treated him horribly and just made the situation worse. Or he could like, yeah, this is a human. We make mistakes. Like this is the situation now be real about this and, you know, make him better for the next one. Right. Uh, and you know, I take that to heart of like, we have emotions. They suck. <laughs> emotions are the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> Oh, they just mess the you worst. up all the time. And the more that you can recognize that you want to do an action, not because it's in your best interest, but because you have this emotion that is controlling it, uh, you can you can do wonderful things if you recognize that and admit them. So I, I think I think that's great. Be the change you want to see in the world. Wonderful mantra, and and a wonderful I don't know last thing to end this. I mean, what was what was this? This was about independent businesses. Music was in there, yeah, production, yeah. and uh, life advice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, not exactly where I was going to go. Yeah, I mean, it all works. Uh, really, I think we spoke to everybody except for tattoo artists. Those are the only people that aren't. Oh yeah. Like well, I mean, hey, if you want that kind of expression, that's awesome. Go ahead. Yeah. Do what you, you yeah. Do it just you. it yeah. It's it's a fun movie. No, this is fun. I mean, uh, I think this is what is uniquely special about uh, what you're doing here, and it's interesting too because. You know, we've had I've had people want us on to, you know, like like there, there's there been an uptick in the inter- in the personality interest of um, sports podcasting and fantasy podcasting. And, I, and I've seen people do different podcasts. We've been invited to a couple like, hey, what's the history and learning about it? Uh, but I like what you're doing here because you're definitely you're comfortable putting this in different directions of not just like one little bit of history. You know, like you're open to, you know, talking about, you know, you made this into this is great for people learning about podcasting for the first, you know, 30 minutes of the podcast. And then we talk music and whatever it's. uh, And what was that band again? What was the band I need to? Oh, you got to listen to Thank You Scientist. I have so many bands you should listen to. But if I had to pick one that is like the chaos, like, yeah, Thank You Scientist is a bit of chaos. So, okay, that's good. I mean, Devin Townsend's my hero, but you don't have to listen. I mean, you should listen to him, but that's fine. Devin Townsend? Oh, yeah. He's my hero. Look up Devin Townsend Kingdom. If you're listening to this podcast, please just watch that video. It's EMG TV, Devin Townsend Kingdom, and you'll understand instantly why I love this human. 
He is. Do you have a song? Like my idol. Do you have like that one song? Because like talking about this for some reason. Kingdom. Kingdom is. Is that your. Is that a bit like not even just him? Is it like when you think of a song? Because I go through so many different periods of music that Mm -hmm. there's there are songs that are very specific to just where I'm at and, and everything like that. And I was thinking the one song right now that I would push for people to check out. And it's. It's 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 very folky and it's very like I don't know it's gonna take you somewhere else. My best description would be like you're out hiking and you're sitting somewhere alone. You listen to it, or maybe you're on a, a long drive. It's Gary Clark Jr.'s Church. That okay. song hits just so hard for me, and in a great way. I just love it. His voice and it's very guitar folky, and he can be a little bit more rock. That'd be my suggestion. Uh, but you got to be in that mode because if you're like, "All right, let's go, Gary Clark Jr. We're going to get something great," it's not going to be that. It's going to take you somewhere else. Gary Clark Jr. Church would be my song. I would suggest to people. Yours? Are you saying Townsend Kingdom? I mean, uh, I don't. I don't know. There are like all these different vibes. I. Uh, Pick a vibe. Where you, where's your vibe at right now? My vibe is Church by Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. I don't know. Like, a lot of the music I want to recommend is stuff that I know people haven't listened to because I think these are amazing bands and stuff, but it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of progressive. So it's somewhat longer songs or more intense as far as like loudness of guitars and drums and everything. Yeah. And I know that's not for everybody. Um, I'll say that, okay. Uh, Pineapple Thief. Kid Chameleon. There you go. So the band is called okay. Pineapple Thief, Kid Chameleon. I think Pineapple Thief is just a wonderful, lovely band. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, and, and they're they're like progressive rock, essentially. Kid Chameleon is one that I think it's hard not to like that one. Very nice and calm. Uh, but anyway, I mean, there's so many things we can go down, but we're going to, we got to cut this off at some point. Um, Chris, I want to mention before I go, um, one thing that I've certainly embraced over my years in this industry, um, is the, you know, people can talk about a certain character personality in the industry and think, oh, this guy isn't, um, you know, he doesn't like have the takes I like, or he's not, oh man, I'm smarter than that guy, whatever. Uh, but you realize that that's not why they're in those positions. It's because they have a certain talent for hosting and being reliable and quality in the moment. Um, and of those three things, whilst you have those things, it's, a, it's a very, it only comes from years of experience, being comfortable at the mic, knowing how to lead, take control of a moment and then push it back the right way. Uh, it's a hard skill. <laughs> it is very, very hard. And it's a major reason why a lot of people don't continue in this. They just don't recognize what it's like to be a proper host um, and be in that moment. Um, And I know that you have that skill and I don't want to go to waste. I want you to seize it. I want you to excel. I know you can. And I very much look forward to that journey for you. I appreciate that. That means that means a lot. It's a it's a continue. Journey is the right word. It has been a continued journey eight years in of what we're doing and hopefully it'll be eight more or 80 more or whatever it'll be. Hopefully it keeps rocking. As long as you have that determination, I have no doubt you can do it. Um, but that is Chris Welsh. Follow him at, is it the Welsh? Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL army. His podcast with Scott Bogman in this league. Definitely give that a listen, but Chris, thank you so much for being a part of Nick Pollock and friends. And that will do it for episode number six. Wow. Of Nick Pollock and friends. Thanks for being here. We'll be back next Wednesday.